Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about why they should bring back Destiny 1 modifiers. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, any of the audio podcast places, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. That'll bring you right to the YouTube channel. We're doing daily polls. We have one right now you can take, uh, always about the topic, and you can use that poll command. We appreciate you guys being here in the live audience, as well as if, if you're listening on the upload channel. There's usually a card in the corner to bring you over to the live channel. So why are we talking about Destiny 1 modifiers? Well, I was doing a call-in yesterday, and Techno started talking about the Harbinger mission. And the very first time, the very first time that I went in there, they had Empath and Chaff on. And it seemed kind of weird, because Empath is supposed to give you increased uh, radar, enhanced radar, and Chaff takes it away. So it seemed kind of odd. And then the second week, I looked at the Harbinger mission, and I was like, no, it's just all negative modifiers. I don't feel like doing this. I already have some decent rolls on the Hawkmoon. Now, the good news is the Hawkmoon is dropping once you complete the quest and get your ship or whatever. It was the feathers that were keeping us from doing that. Once that is completed, you can actually then go and get one drop anytime you complete it. That's excellent because we didn't think that was going to happen last week and we were pretty bummed. So what I want to talk about is why Destiny 2 continues to struggle with the concept of difficulty, depth, and challenging the player. The most recent addition to the game, the Harbinger mission, is actually a great space, location, and fight for a random roll in a Hawkmoon. So it does all those things. It's a great space, it's a location, I think the fight is good. The modifiers, however, are a huge turnoff as they are only negative modifiers without a single positive one. The first week the mission was available, they even cancelled out the one positive benefit enhanced radar by having another modifier that disabled the radar entirely. So we were going to get a measly one positive benefit and they canceled it out. Now, if you remember in Destiny 1, there were some great positive modifiers. We had small arms. We had specialists. We had Airborne. One of my most like famous memories is that combination, and I'm going to mention that in a little bit. We also had Daybreak and Rainbow Burns. There was something exciting about trying out different builds when you're empowered. This first section is called All Pain, No Gain. Since the addition of Grandmaster Nightfalls, the debate about difficulty in Destiny has been an ongoing one. We had one just this morning, and I contest, and I say that Grandmasters are just poorly designed. It's not that I don't like them or they're too hard. I think they're poorly designed content. I've continued to fight for a mixture of both negative and positive modifiers, but Bungie continues to shove 12 negative modifiers into Grandmasters, along with Contest Modifier. A great analogy I used this morning, because somebody pushed back and said, the community wants to be challenged, but then they're like, but just don't challenge me too much. I pushed back with an analogy and I said, if you ask me to make you a spicy meal because you like spicy food, and I put everything I could possibly put in there, jalapenos, sriracha, you know, chili pepper, you know, cayenne pepper. You'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing so much different types of spice in there? It's going to taste terrible and be way too spicy. That's what Bungie is doing with these types of content. They're just stacking everything up and being like, what? I thought you guys wanted the challenge. The meal doesn't taste good because there's no balance. There's no nuance. There's no care. They're just dumping everything they can in to make it spicy, and it translates into poorly designed and poorly executed content. 
When modifiers are only being used to leverage pain and nothing to benefit the player, it serves more as a deterrent than a gameplay modifier, which that's what it's supposed to do given its name. It's a modifier. It's supposed to be modifying your gameplay and it just is a deterrent because it doesn't do anything for you. You're not benefiting from it. You end up just sort of trying to avoid the pain. Oftentimes, players will skip a week or an activity simply because they don't like the combination of pain. There's no experimentation. There's nothing they can lean into and try out. They're just like, nope, too much pain this week. I'll check back next week. Something from the equation when all the modifiers on the given activity are painful for the player is a sense of empowerment or incentive to try a new build, exotic, or subclass. So, something missing, I should say. I I, I missed a word there. Something missing from the equation when all the modifiers are painful is this empowerment to try new things. Oh my gosh, let's try out this stuff. I've never used this gun or this build before. I'm typically not on this subclass. I've never really used this exotic. Positive modifiers in Destiny 1 didn't just create melt fests. It was a way for players to try new things. This next section is called Power is Fun. It's not necessarily trivializing to content. It's fun. We can be powerful and challenging content without making it really easy and being just an absolute meltfest. Yesterday, we reminisced about the crazy builds and combos we would come up with in Destiny 1 when the modifiers were just right. Melting Fogoth by jumping in the air and using 4th Horseman is a memory that I have for a reason. When the when the combo was just right and it was arc burn, specialist and airborne, you could literally jump in the air and just clunk 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 and just melt him and it was so fun. That was a unique experience. And I know some people might say, "Well, it trivialized that fight." I don't agree. There was high risk involved. We could definitely go in and get completely messed over and flub it and die. That happened often. But it didn't matter. It was funny and we laughed. We took the risk and sometimes it paid off and sometimes it didn't. I made an example of playing Demon Souls recently. This blue knight was beating the snot out of me. I got some distance, healed myself up, successfully parried and did a repost and killed him. And it felt really good. Why? Because I didn't spend the entire time avoiding pain and slowly chiseling him down. I faced him head on, took a high risk option. I could have messed up the parry and probably died. And I was successful. That is significantly absent when we are never empowered and only sort of turned into tissue paper. Even in content like the Harbinger mission or Grandmaster Nightfalls, empowering the player to try new builds week to week is something that won't trivialize the content, but it would simply give players avenues for power instead of just enduring pain. The current way modifiers are used doesn't just neuter the fun, it passively dictates what sort of guns and builds you should come into the content with. It's an under-the-radar curated loadout to a certain degree. These champions are in here, only these guns have champion mods. Match game is on, make sure you run guns with certain elements. It's passively dictating to you what you should go in with. Incentivizing behavior with positive modifiers is different. It's optional. You can choose to lean into those powerful lanes or you can choose not to. Maybe you really want to challenge yourself and you don't lean in to the positive modifiers. You lean away from them. It's a completely optional way for you to experiment and feel strong accordingly. Lastly, let's talk about that incentivizing behavior. 
Too often, Bungie attempts to restrict or limit behavior to get their intended result instead of instead of incentivizing behavior. Most of the time, the community simply finds a way to bypass or mitigate whatever restriction or pain Bungie attempts to hurl at us. Plenty of people have gone into Grandmaster Nightfalls and have completely avoided the pain by going invis or just completely distancing themselves from the pain by sitting back with bubbles and wells and slowly chiseling everything down they're not incentivizing you to try a build or to be really strong or to try something out they're sort of restricting your behavior they're limiting you this is the path this is the way and what do we do we find ways to get around it or completely negate it entirely like the way that people often engage with the champion mods and the champion uh, mechanics they just completely bypass it because it's too much of a headache Positive modifiers and strike scoring are just two examples of how Bungie could get more out of the content and our behavior without funneling us into certain playstyles, builds, or gun metas. Even champion mods passively force you towards certain guns. Strike scoring was also a great way to get people to actually play the content and, I don't know, shoot the enemies instead of running past them. I said this morning... Strikes are essentially the antithesis of a grandmaster. You don't even have to kill anything in strikes. You can run past virtually everything. Nothing is a threat to you. And when you go into grandmasters, the inverse is true. The enemies just sort of laugh at you. You're not really a threat to them. I think there's better room here for spectrum and nuance to make both sides of the game a little bit more balanced. Strikes should be incentivizing you to actually kill the enemies. Positive modifiers could be used all throughout strikes, nightfalls, and grandmasters. I would even say raids. To incentivize different builds and approaches to the fights as a way for you to feel like you can sort of solve the puzzle of what's a strong way to approach this content instead of just enduring it lately whenever I look at content playlists quests or missions too much is being dictated to me either directly or indirectly it's why I stopped playing the fragments it was you're dictating everything to me where do I go and what specific type of kill do I have to get the dawning did the same thing I had to get a specific type of kill to get a specific type of thing to drop to progress the quest and it was too much dictation that's how I feel most of the time I boot the game up and negative modifiers stacked on each other is just another way this happens. The overuse of negative modifiers is just one more aspect of the game that attempts to hide micromanagement from Bungie while squelching the fun. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're here in the live audience and you're a member, you can take part in that. Don't forget the polls going right now about which modifiers you prefer. If you're listening elsewhere, you can always catch these live and take part at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. If you're listening to or watch another episode of SNTR Presents, this is going to be my Q&A session after the talk about how I think they should bring back Destiny 1 modifiers. If you're listening to this on any of the other locations, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. It brings you right to the YouTube channel where I do these live streams. And as long as you're a joined paying member, you can submit questions live to these. We've also been doing polls every day. uh, So always make sure to check the current poll or come live when we're doing them. I've been reading a lot of people's feedback on them. So first question is coming in from Table JF. Okay. Thoughts on if Bungie were to bring back the modifiers from Curse of Osiris heroic missions and integrate them with strikes. You know, Techno brought these up. I had actually forgotten about them, so I'm not I, I don't have them readily available in my mind to recall exactly what a lot of them were. Um 
the thing is is that the main goal and this might achieve it okay because i don't actually know if if they would achieve this because again i'm not familiar with them but i know some of the ones from d1 would achieve this that's why i refer to most of the d1 modifiers the goal would be to give you the option uh to in 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 embrace some lane of a power that you don't you don't usually tap into and that's why I said they could maybe even go more specific than like specialist and and small arms. It would be more like, hey, this week, uh, auto rifles and fusion rifles are strong. So that's a version of specialist and small arms, right? And then you get like a legitimate burn, not these singes, like an actual burn. So a certain elements are really really strong too. And then maybe something else. I don't know. Airborne airborne might not work too well because in most of the harder content, you're just going to get absolutely shot down out of the sky super super fast. But the idea would be the idea would be it's still really hard content there would still be contest modifier there would still be elements of what happened with within the the fights you know as far as like the positioning of the enemies cuz originally when when all of this happened and went down and they put out the grandmaster nightfalls that was one of the first thoughts a lot of people had it was like well you know are you rebuilding any of the strikes are you uh, are you changing anything and they really didn't so what this would do is is it would maintain that sense of intensity you know contest is on and the enemies are really strong and you're getting shot and you're dying really fast and and they're dying really really slow the difference would be if you properly build yourself and spec yourself out you're not going to trivialize the challenge but you're going to feel strong you're going to feel powerful and that's the goal. So if the if the if the modifiers from Curse of Osiris heroic missions can achieve that, then I'm all for it. Something that we really recounted from D1 was that positive modifiers promotes this idea of doing a different build or putting on different guns in a subclass or or maybe an exotic or an exotic piece of armor that you ordinarily wouldn't put on. It's because you're leaning into whatever the power fantasy is that week. Number 1, this keeps strikes and content feeling fresh because you're trying different loadouts and builds week to week to week and it's really really fun you know it's really really fun it's fun to feel strong it's fun to feel powerful so if these modifiers would achieve that I'm totally down I'm totally down I think that I think that's good if they can achieve that I just know the ones from D1 in particular I liked one of the uh, one of the comments on today's poll somebody said instead of just bringing them back why not iterate on them and that's 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 why I was like yes definitely instead of just doing small arms maybe specifically boost bows one week and and pulse rifles the next so you and that is different than what's happening now you're incentivizing someone to grapple and lean into a lane of power as opposed to what happens now where they passively dictate to you what your loadout should be. They passively dictate to you what your loadout should be. You need this handful of weapons for champions. The rest of the weapons, you can't do it. Match game's on, right? All these different things, you know, all these different things would be, would be, you know, like landing in a way to incentivize you to try a new loadout right now all those different things land and it basically incentivizes not incentivizes I'm sorry it almost dictates to you what you're supposed to use so it almost feels like this passive sort of curated loadout system where I don't want to use this I don't like that gun you know what I mean am I going to read the TWAB today 
I will probably, the short video I did last night absolutely performed incredibly. I'll probably start doing daily short videos like that, either for hot takes or, in this case, I might do one as a TWAB reaction. So, uh, and um, Hrafen Graves, you tried to submit a question. You do need to be a paying member to submit questions for Nightbot to grab it because uh, it automatically populates a spreadsheet. So we do make that a paid perk. However, I go through each morning and do a poll with the audience and read through their responses to the poll and that I read on stream and you might get featured. That's something you can do totally for free. This is why you want to be subscribed to the channel with the bell button pressed. Doge Ross says, Modifier ain't the problem of hard Destiny content. It is the power of the content, and if the content is using Nightfall scaling. Negative modifiers are not significant on equal power non-Nightfall content. I actually understand what you're saying, and the reason I'm going to disagree is not about it being significant. It's about it being unappealing. Even when I went, I, when I ran Harbinger and it was 1270, I was slightly under leveled, and the rest of them, and the rest of them were, were I think at level. Um, they, they did, they did pretty well, but and so did I, even being under leveled. And it wasn't that it was bad or too painful or awful. It was fun for the first time. I beat it once, and I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. I think my issue. And where the rub is, is when I'm supposed to grind and and go back over and over and over. Okay? So, the... I, that's what it, I think that's ultimately what I trip on. That's where the rub is. If I'm going to continually come back and run this over and over again, it really feels unappealing. I also just think the complete absence of any positive modifiers is a huge step back. Positive modifiers were really, really fun and good in Destiny 1. Why don't we really have any of them right now? Why is almost every modifier focused on pain of the player? It's supposed to modify how you play, not raise the pain. It's every modifier right now feels like it exists on a spectrum of pain. And on a scale of 1 to 10, there's Blackout, you know, and then there's Chaff. Chaff's not that big of a deal, no radar. But then Blackout is no radar, and the enemy hits you and it hurts really bad. You're going to get one tapped by a lot of the melees, okay? So on a scale of pain, one's more painful than another. There's not a scale of how much power and how much benefit to the player does this modifier help. There's almost nothing that... And then they don't even do the sensible thing sometimes. Like, the first week Harbinger came out, we were supposed to get Empath, which is enhanced radar, but increased damage from the enemies. It's supposed to be the inverse, partially the inverse of Blackout. But then they threw on Chaff. So the one element of the of the modifiers that was going to benefit the player, they canceled it out. This is the problem. It's not that they're significant. It's not like, oh my gosh, strikes are so painful when we don't have the right modifiers. But you guys have seen me do it. If it's Solar Brawler, what do I do? I'm like, Solar Brawler, sweet. I'm going to put on Ophidia Space, and I'm going to run Way of a Thousand Cuts, and I'm going to knife trick my way through the strikes. Why? That's fun. It's fun. But most of the time, I look at it, and I'm like, ugh, Blackout? Ah, no, I'm good. Grenadier, eh, that's not that big of a deal. Ooh, Void Heavyweight? Yes, please. 
the rare times and, and understand I'm talking about strikes strikes are easy they're not hard it's about it's not appealing it just doesn't seem very fun empath chaff is just Bungie's way of putting blackout without putting blackout because blackout is so hated so <laughs> so you get the same effect doge but they're playing a, they're playing a game of looky loo it's like the five negative modifiers jammed into one modifier on the uh, on on the on the nightfall you know it's like yep there you go there you go here here's your here's your uh, here's your negative modifiers for the nightfall and then <laughs> you you can't see most of them because they end up hiding them all in one you know it's 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 ridiculous they're trying to hide the pain like you know the pain is bad when they're trying to hide it <laughs> come on come on doge you know I'm right. The pain's got to be pretty bad if they're literally trying to hide it from the player. With the modifiers all jammed into one, and in this case, like, they're trying to hide the fact that it was blackout. <clears throat> yeah, exactly what Hashtag is saying. I see you guys are still kind of debating what's going on in the, uh, in the Discord. If I ever did a GoFundMe for a lawsuit, it would feel stupid. I would just take all the money and want to pay off my house. <laughs> <laughs> rather than sue really unsuccessful people <laughs> radical with the next question for a game that focuses on fulfilling our destiny and empowering our supers we sure don't feel super when did this change and are implementing destiny one playlist esque modifiers a way to reignite the feelings of feeling super we once had um i mean if we're trying to reignite a fire here i i do think there are there are there are elements of the D1 philosophy that are missing, and I don't exactly know when they left. I honestly think they left when D2 launched. When D2 launched, it was like they they changed so much about the game. The fundamentals of the game had had been completely changed. Double primary, our, our, our abilities were weak. You couldn't one-shot people in the Crucible with almost anything. Um, even look at how they did the first raid. Yo, Polarin coming in with a brand uh, with a renewed membership, getting that black badge. Haven't seen you in a while, Polarin, because I always say your name wrong. <laughs> um, so I would honestly say, um, Radical, that they that's what they did. They they changed the fundamentals of the game when D2 launched. And, I mean, everything, the res timer in the raid that wipes the team with the res tokens, the way they did prestige Leviathan, uh, the way Nightfalls had a timer that kicked you to orbit after they had already learned in D1 that people hated Extinguish, and they snuck it back in as a timer. The timer was so hated, and Nightfall engagement was so bad, they removed it. You see? It's like... The... (laughs) The game is still built on a foundation that was... It was like a different blueprint. It was like a different blueprint. The blueprint of the house is still underneath. There's still pieces that aren't right. And, and I think... in that And think about it. That's where modifiers went awry. The modifiers that were on strikes and the modifiers that you could get, some of them were good, but a lot of them were terrible. I mean, they removed glass... I swear there was another one they removed or they lowered how often it shows up or they lowered how how much it hurt the player. And the 
I, I don't know. I, I think I think in general, at the, at the foundation of the game, they had made fundamental changes to what the game was going to do with difficulty, how raids were going to feel, how modifiers were going to feel. Um, Grandmasters have Extinguish now as a modifier. I... I think Extinguish has its place, but it really, really was. Oh yeah, they removed Prism. That's right. Why'd they get rid of that tube? Wasn't Prism kind of good? I don't understand. I thought Prism was dope. Why'd they remove that one? That was one of the good ones. Because you could wait. You could wait and be like, all right, hang on. I don't have Void, so I'm going to wait for Ark to come around. Like, I don't know. Why did they take... (laughs) Yeah, Eugene, it was actually a fun modifier. I liked Prism. Um... I don't know. What did Prism do? It was like, what was it? Every 30 seconds, it would switch what the burn was. Arc, then Void, then Solar. It was a good negative and positive modifier in one. Yeah, at least that one was a blend. At the very least, if you're going to give us a blend, give us a blend. Like, one's one aspect of it's positive, one aspect of it's negative. If Umbrals were changed the way Lono's explained it in the past... Uh, I'd be totally for that system. Currently, we spend too much time in the tower collecting loot from vending machines. Right. Uh, I remember my first Galahorn. I remember getting those top-tier legendaries from activities for a top-tier weapon. Grinding guillotine and others was truly unremarkable. Yeah, the guillotine, literally, they gave you one on the season pass, and then you just, then you just ordered seven of them, you know... You ordered seven of them in a couple of days from the from the umbrals. Yeah, it was very, very anticlimactic. You know? It was very anticlimactic. I never understood why people hated the Nightfall timers. I think the reason people hated Nightfall timers, Eugene, is because when you put a timer in a raid encounter, or you put a timer in a uh let's see, the uh the whisper, the whisper in the outbreak. Those are one-offs, and they're almost built with the timer in mind. I don't feel that strikes were. I don't. Strikes, strikes had this this idea of. This is the problem with strikes. I think strikes are built by a strike team, and then the nightfall comes in and tries to do all these things with it, and some of it just ends up being really, really sloppy. And I think the timer was one of those things think about it like this when you fail an encounter in a raid you just get to try the encounter right away right then and there you're like okay let's try again what mistake did we make okay when you try to do the whisper or the outbreak mission you understand that you're going to beat it once maybe a handful of other times for the most part you're probably going to beat it once and be done with a nightfall, it's like you come in every week as a ritual to do it and if it, and if you fail with the timer and you get kicked back to orbit you're like Oh, for frick's sake, dude. Like, I gotta go back and start over. We got all the way to the end. This is so dumb. Like, we took it slow. We also tried to go fast. Like, it makes you make dumb mistakes. It makes you try to rush. And so I think it ends up turning into a, this doesn't really work for a ritual. Like, a ritual piece of content, it doesn't work. As a one-off or an encounter in a raid, it works. It always felt out of place in the Nightfalls because the Nightfall is a ritual. And you're just mainly there for the power. 
Now, you might be there for the Nightfall specific loot, but you have to remember, when the timer was instituted, the only reason you were running the raid was for the power grind. You were doing it as a ritual. You weren't doing it because, oh, I'm going to get a guaranteed exotic drive. So the drive to jump back in just starts to wane. Ah, we almost got it. Let's try again. If we we beat this, we're literally going to get an exotic. If we beat this raid encounter, we're literally going to get raid gear. I hated the timer because I have a bounty that says get X kills in a nightfall, but I'm with people that either run by everything or kill everything and you get crunched by the timer. Well, I mean, you know, if you're playing with friends, nightfalls required you to go in with a, with a predetermined team at that point in time. So why, why are you going in with friends that aren't working with you? <laughs> you couldn't matchmake into nightfalls back then. Exodus crash on the nightfall was so painful. Right, because you have raids that are built in such a way that they're built to... They're essentially the, the, the ra- I'm sorry, not the raids. The, the, the strikes are not all built equally. Think about what a timer does. It's the same thing that grandmasters do right now. You have different strikes, different boss fights, different different time gates that keep you from advancing to the next room or from killing the boss really really fast. And all of those things are frustrating a one size fits all timer or a one size fits all, you know, grandmaster uh, you know, grandmaster thing. Like it, it just it ends up not it, it ends up not not it doesn't fix it. You know what I mean? I respect you a lot more than myself because you have god levels of restraint more so than I ever will have. But that's also coming from myself having a privileged perspective, for I did not have a family to support. Yeah, one of the main reasons I've I haven't done a lot of the things I'd like to do and expose a lot of things I'd like to do is because I I don't want them to come after me they've already done it in many ways and it, it makes you feel scared it's a form of manipulation it's a form of control to keep me quiet uh real king salty i feel that we can't divorce perks and mods at this point have we seen what bungie can do when there's a mod perk synergy i would personally like to see more mods affect the perk pool that we have well, this is where my idea with uh, my Weapons 2.0 video, it got uploaded today. We discussed it yesterday. It hit the uploads channel today. Um, basically, what I, I said was, is I took inspiration from Rampage Spec and Surrounded Spec. Essentially, what those do is those augment, enhance, or change uh, the perk. And my idea for Weapons 2.0 is that when you get to a certain point, your guns leveled up and now you can augment and outlaw is slightly different right what kind of shirt is that uh resident evil 7 because i'm playing a scary game today so i threw on a resident evil shirt so i think they could do this yeah mod perk synergy now my poll that i did i did a poll with the community about um what what do they want to see in a weapons 2.0? I said more mods or more perks, and perks won with a 71% to 29%. So people definitely prefer perks to be invigorated in an update to the weapon system more so than mods. Yesterday in Souls, you got the hang of running back uh, to the tower uh, to the tower night and could make it in five minutes when you run optimally. Destiny doesn't have that mastery in Grandmasters or even Master. I'm telling you, the Souls games are like opening my eyes. It's so crazy to think this way, but playing Demon Souls for just two play sessions like opened my eyes to what's so wrong with how Destiny approaches difficulty. They approach it, as we said this morning, finessing fights in Souls 
it's the threat is still there you can go in and kill the tower knight no problem but he's still insanely threatening and deadly if you make a misstep or a mistake or you do the wrong thing you're going to get your head taken off even though you finesse the fight there is no finessing grandmaster nightfalls there's a this is about as fast as we can run it but you're more you're enduring it you're not finessing it you're not. I gave another example in Souls. The blue knight that was kicking the crap out of me. I didn't just keep running from him and go distance and chisel him down slowly. I took a high risk approach. I got close enough to do a parry repost and I did it and I killed him and it felt awesome. He was strong and so was I. It wasn't, oh man, he's really strong. I better just keep running away, running away, chisel, 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 run away, run away, chisel, chisel, chisel. That is Destiny's difficulty spectrum. Once things get so hard in Destiny, you do not have high risk reward options. You do not have you do not have scenarios where you are strong and so are they they are strong and you have to hide and it's awful I would rather fight a hundred blue knights in a row at the end of a bridge when these a-holes with crossbows are shooting me I would rather do that than ever set foot in a grandmaster nightfall because one has a power fantasy where I can do something dope and be awesome and strong and the other doesn't There's a massive disconnect here in what actual difficulty can look like. Difficulty does not mean you rob the player of power. That's not difficulty. I'm telling you, that Demon Souls game got in my dadgum head. Like, I keep wanting to go back and play it again, because it's like, those stupid wolves, man. I I, I picture them. I want to go back and kill them. I want to go back and finesse it and and perfect it. I know there's got to be a way to fight those wolves. Stupid freaking things. Grandmaster doesn't do that. Grandmaster's like, this sucks, dude. All I'm doing is hiding. I don't want to play this. Bye. The issue also crosses into the developer having to develop around things in the game, too, in my opinion. No well of radiance and no bubble. Maybe we get true difficulty instead of this BS. Maybe in Souls games you can learn and it helps. In Destiny, you just brute force it or hide. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Once you get into souls, it really opens your eyes to Destiny's problems. And if you're a mage, you can nuke across you can nuke those archers from a distance, but then you gotta adjust your melee enemies. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's a trade, right? That's a trade. Maybe someone should make Lono play Final Fantasy so he can see how many things they do better too. Oh stop it. <laughs> 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 that's the hook of souls games i was so excited to see it click with you those those freaking wolves man clips announced for youtube finally yay i'm telling you we're coming dude we're coming we're figuring out this youtube thing it's gonna be a good year for us thanks gamer insanity for the five dollar tip you can't even start to compare the two genres yes you can oh yes you can yeah Philosophically, yes, I can. If you create an environment where the enemies are really strong and do lots of damage, I can compare how both games decide to approach that situation. When an enemy is really strong and can do lots of damage in that Souls game, the blue the blue knight is significantly stronger than the other guys I had faced up to that point. But you know what was weird? I didn't feel weak when I had to fight him. I didn't. My sword was still awesome, and my parry was still dope. But man, oh man, I had to adjust my gameplay, because woof, he is threatening. 
Destiny, I don't feel that way. Souls is 100% curated because it's single player. Okay. Man, that's a good word. That's a good word, Eugene. The curated word. Is that a good word? I like that word. Don't you think they could curate each individual nightfall so the player feels strong and not just like, well, everything else is strong? Don't you think they could do that? They could curate the experience, but they don't do that. They don't. $3 from Ashen Hollow. We've opened your eyes, Lono. Just dive in. We got to go back to Ghost of Tsushima. We got to go back to Ghost of Tsushima. It'll probably feel easy in comparison. <laughs> Frick you. Uh, we got we to gotta go to the next question. <laughs> we have to go to the next question. Uh, Coyote. Should modifiers that were used for prestige raids be added to the pool of modifiers as well? Modifiers for... Oh, 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 yeah. The, the, um... The curated prestige raid layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um... You know, fellas, you know, I, um, sorry. That was like a Christopher Walken. You know, uh, (laughs) stupid. I would say they got close with the curated thing with, the you know, the, the raid layers, but they dictated your loadout. I did like some of the mods though, that were like, get a kill with melee your gun's strong get a kill with a gun your melee's strong that was kind of cool but I don't know the curated thing where it dictates your guns I, I don't like that I don't remember a lot of the mods from there the, a lot of the modifiers I'm sorry I don't remember a lot of them so I can't give you great commentary here I can't give you informed commentary how much money does it cost me to buy the VIP membership to get you to play a game because next month I might very well do that to get you to play Final Fantasy 14 you got to do the tier two. You got to do the tier two. Tier two is a $50. It's a $50 expansion. A $50 tier. <clears throat> you starting a gaming channel is probably the best thing you could have done to improve your thinking on Destiny. Your content's going to get stronger for it. I thank you, Donut. I appreciate that. I, You know, listen, I have tried to evolve as a person. I've also tried to evolve as a content creator. And I will readily admit to two things that I was very guilty of in the past. Number one, I was way too brash and dismissive of people that I didn't agree with. And I've tried to continually work on that even now. Even now. I still try to evolve in that department to be a more, uh, a, be a healthier, fair, charitable sparring partner. I'd rather think of it as like we're sparring right now when we're disagreeing, right? The other thing that I was really guilty of in the past was I was very, like, closed off to other ideas and other influences, and like, I would get stuck on something. And be like, this is this is what I think, and this. I, I was. It wasn't. I was closed-minded. It was more narrow-minded, narrow-minded. So I was a lot more narrow-minded back then. Which narrow-mindedness and being dismissive and brash of what other people think kind of go hand in hand, um, because you think like you're in the superior position, so you dismiss what the person is saying, right? So I've tried to improve in both of those departments, and I, and I definitely felt that playing Demon Souls. That d- dude, three, the, the the me that used to sit in the, sit in this uh, in this seat, not this this seat in particular, uh, you know, years ago, I would have never touched a Souls game, never. I'd have I wouldn't have made it past the first couple sections. sections. I wouldn't have made it, dude. Um, you've come bar both come so far in both respects. I appreciate that, Zen. So like. I think it makes me a better commentator on the game now. 
I like listening to my content more now. Like the, the way I used to talk and argue in the past. I don't. I don't like listening to that guy. That guy was a. That guy was an a hole. Um, <laughs> it just here's the thing. It just goes to show you how much hubris and arrogance can exist on a person, and they're still successful in the content creator world. I I still carved out a successful path for myself, even though I could be a bit of a jerk back then. You know. It just goes to show you how micro-fame is dangerous in the content creator world. It makes people blind to their character flaws and their faults, and people support them anyway. Like, oh, it's just him being him. Like, no, I was kind of a jerk. You got the mind for it. You break down things so well, and yes, it helps with your content and gaming and life in general. I just wish I had the endurance, man. I just wish I had the endurance for souls. I just take that deep breath, and I'm like, frick, I gotta do it all over again. I gotta do it all over again, you know? I, w- I want to get in a channel. I want to channel that energy of like, I've got it. I've almost got it. I can skip this, skip that, skip this, get farther, you know? I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I left during your Fortnite days. Oh, a lot of people did. Um, thank you, Teddy. We, we, yeah, we already saw the announcement. I clicked on it. Unfortunately, they're only doing it on a handful of channels. So hopefully it rolls out very quickly for everybody. But you were our favorite jerk. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, listen, therapy does wonders, man. Therapy does wonders. Um, you guys are a testimony to that. You know that <laughs> you know that uh, I'm very different compared to how I used to be. You can't you can't fake true like personal character change, you know? Um, old Lono is I'm gonna list the hundred ways that you're wrong. New Lo new Lono. That's a valid point. Let's discuss it further. Just kidding, sir. You've always been accessible. You just are more so now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, plus the joy of seeing a channel called Sano to Rage Play of Souls is funny and ironic. Hey, it's SNTR Gaming. Get it right. <laughs> uh, you think Souls is hard? Wait until you play Neo. You guys are going to ruin me, dude. I'm going to start breaking controllers. I got to go to the next question. Hi, Lono. I understand how parallel development hinders what can be taken from one game to the sequel but it's been years now what stopped them from implementing positive mods in D2 dude you're not gonna like my answer you're not cause I don't like my answer either Bungie is stubborn as frick when it comes to bringing things from D1 that are philosophical or logistical they love to bring back the weapons and the raids and the nostalgia. Why? Because that makes them money. Uh, that's not a song. I don't know why I did that. It makes them money. They're fine dialing in the nostalgia. But if any time the idea of bringing something logistical or philosophical back from D1, they're like stubborn. That's going backwards. There's a stub there is a stubbornness there. There is. I don't know why. Now, if if I were to theorize what's going on, bumping the mic, sorry. If I were to theorize what's going on, this is what I would say. There were design leads, project leads and department heads that had certain ideas and philosophical beliefs about certain things in the game back then and they're not around anymore. So the D2 new philosophical leads and and department heads and all those people that are driving 
that are that are that are driving those um, those decisions. No, they're they're like, nah, we can't go back there. That's what that person thought. That's what they wanted to do. I have a different vision. So they, so they, they, that I, I honestly do. I think that's how they think. They think that the alternative back then is, is a, uh, the alternative back then I believe to them is a step backwards because they're like, no, 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 no. We, we left that behind. We don't want to go back to primary, secondary, and heavy. We don't want to go back to elemental primaries. We don't want to go back there. We feel that's a step backwards. There was somebody that went to the summit, the very first summit, and they told me that. They said, we brought up a lot of things from D1, and they would consistently say, we feel like that's a step backwards. That was like a consistent pushback that Bungie gave during uh, during the, the, the summit was that we feel like that's a step backwards. So there's this weird aversion to trying to pull anything from D1 forward unless it's nostalgic. Unless it's nostalgic and they can make money from it. Like, I don't know, Vault of Glass. Or, you know, Hawkmoon. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just calling a spade a spade here. Like, I'm not trying to say they're sinister or there's something wrong with what they're doing. But they only seem okay with pulling something from Destiny 1 if it's nostalgically going to drive purchases. And they've done it with the Thorn, the the, the, the Last Word, uh, the Hawkmoon. They're going to do it with Galahorn. Write it down and put it on your fridge so you can take this post-it note off on the day that I'm right. They will do this with the Galahorn, and I believe that they're going to do it with Witch Queen. I, I, can, I just feel it. I can smell it on the horizon. It's out there. It's like, oh, the Galahorn is on the way. I can smell it. I can smell those wolf pack rounds. It's, they're going to do it. Returning modifiers would be nostalgic. See, you think that, you think that, but no. To them, it's, it's a step backwards. That's not what the strike design team thinks right now. Why haven't they gone back to skeleton keys? Why haven't they gone back to a way to target farm items and strikes? Why haven't they gone back to that? That was in D1. That's a step backwards. I'm, I'm telling you right now, that's what it is. There is a, there's a stubbornness. There's a crossed armness about some of the decisions that were made for D1. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's not what we do now. Well, what do you do now? Oh, we just let the strike playlist die a slow death with uh, modifiers that aren't that interesting and zero loot drive. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like the boss from the office that comes in and has to change a bunch of stuff. Oh, you beat me to it. That's so good, Matthew. I was going to say, it's like when you get a new manager and they make a bunch of stupid arbitrary changes just to flex their managerial power. It's it's because they have an inferiority complex. Bad managers typically do that. They come in and have to make sure everybody knows they're in charge now because... I don't know. The title manager and the fact that they have an office isn't enough. They have to be like, no, we're going to restructure the entire floor plan of the store. Why? Uh, thanks. No reason. You see what I'm saying? Money questions. Fatebringer. Legendary or exotic. How hard will it be to flip craft if Vex Mytho is Stasis Trace Rifle? How would they do that to the Vex Mythoclast? Have they changed the fundamentals of any exotic that has come back? I don't think that they have. That would be unprecedented. Any D1 exotic that has come back, with the exception of the Hawkmoon, they have not completely changed the fundamentals of the weapon to a trace rifle? 
there was a primary kinetic fusion they're not gonna do that and Fabringer, we know is gonna be legendary because Blackburn said there's gonna be a legendary kinetic with the fly perk we know what he's referring to he's referring to the Fabringer. Fabringer is gonna be a legendary kinetic and they're gonna give it firefly I can't see them changing something like that the Hawkmoon is the first D1, to my knowledge, I could be mistaken. The Hawkmoon is the first Destiny 1 exotic to come back and have one one element one element of it significantly changed. Trace rifles weren't here back then, a full auto fusion. Bruh. Bruh. They're not going to do that, dude. It'll be a trace rifle? No. Then it won't be it won't be the Vex Mythoclast. Why even bother bringing it back then? If you want to do a trace rifle that looks like a Vex weapon, just do it and call it something else. At that point, why would you even call it the Vex Mythoclast? It won't even be the Vex Mythoclast. That would be like bringing back the Galahorn and changing it to a grenade launcher. It wouldn't make any sense. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. There's no way they do that. Trace ri- You don't like trace rifles, Wheezy? I love the cold heart. I do. I love the cold heart. Such a versatile weapon with great ammo economy. Mm. Mm. Making it stasis? I don't know. Vex Mytho ass won't like it. <laughs> Thomas says, I understand that this guy probably isn't a good person, but he did work with Bungie for a time. Uh, I recently had a talk with this person, and he did agree that yeah, Bungie has a major philosophy against treading on old ground. Essentially meaning that Bungie would you would rather have you jump into a boiling pot of oil than bring any other design features from D1. Yeah, I told you. I told you. It was a hunch that I had based on a couple of comments that I had heard. They don't want to go back to anything from the days of old. They brought back Red Death and fundamentally changed it to a hand cannon. <laughs> yeah, and then they called it the Crimson. That's right. That's right. It'll be stasis. I can see them making it stasis, dude. If they bring back the Vex Mythoclast and they change it to a trace rifle, I'm going to be in... Like, why even call it that? Call it something else. You know? Call it the Vex Mythoblast. I'm sorry I said that. That sounds like the name of a super soaker. That's terrible. But I don't think they would do that. They try to innovate at the sake of killing sentiment. Yeah. No time was changed. But no time to explain was originally a legendary weapon, wasn't it? It wasn't an ex- it wasn't an exotic in D one. I thought it was. I thought it was originally. She gives you it at the end, and it's like a legendary. Didn't they make it an exotic during Age of Triumph? Wait, it was an exotic. What the frick did it do? I don't even remember that. It was, you got it from the vault. I thought it, initially it was a legendary. In the beginning when she gives it to you, it's a legendary. And, and then it was an exotic during Age of Triumph, I thought. They made it an exotic later. They did it in year one? They made it an exotic in year one? Are you sure? When are we getting back Vogue? Probably season 14. It was a legendary at the end of the D1 campaign called Stranger's Rifle. Then it was an exotic. You get it as a legendary first. Right. Precision Hits reloaded the magazine. It was blue in the beginning. It was an exotic quest in the Taken King. 
D1 Exotic No Time was full auto and precision shots were returned to the mag. But it wasn't in year one, right? It came later. She doesn't give it. She doesn't give you a legendary, and then you get like some exotic quest. The exotic quest came later. It was in the Taken King. Okay, I was gonna say you guys are making me feel like I'm crazy. I'm usually pretty good at recalling how D1 worked, and I was like, that doesn't sound right to me at all. Okay, so they did it later. I mean, okay, so they they changed the way that the Vex Mythic, uh, the, the, the No Time to Explain worked. But come on, precision shots getting returned to the mag, like, that's, they're not fundamentally changing the way that gun works. It's it's still very, very similar. He's talking about changing the Vex Mythoclast into a trace rifle. It's not even remotely the same as the Stranger's rifle getting changed from what it was in D1 to now. Come on, dude, you're talking about a marginal difference on the Stranger's rifle, exotic D1, exotic uh, D d2 come on it still gives you your ammo back yeah guys creatures talking crazy all right is this what he do that's what he do he talks crazy he's saying that they're gonna make the vex mythoclast a trace rifle don't don't sit here and give him ammunition because the, the, the no time to explain's change was marginal at best he's talking about changing the type of the weapon it'll kill pvp do it <laughs> <laughs> do it do it dude come on take some risks Bungie destroy the crucible for a couple weeks people won't people won't care they'll complain but they'll have fun I just think stasis will be how they spice it up among others that's as far as I think they'll go if that makes sense no I'm with Wheezy I can see them making it uh, stasis Creature has to be crazy to work with you and build a website. I know, I know. I'm such a pariah. <laughs> I'm such a pariah. Oh, Mr. Frugal. Do we need modifiers or do we need the strike overhaul like Taking King and Rise? Oh yeah, strikes need overhaul, dude. What we talked about today has nothing to do with what I think they've, they've needed to do with strikes and the NPC for, I don't know, what year is it? 2021? It's literally been 2018 to 19 to 20 to 21. It's been three years. For three years, I have said that they should invest in the NPCs, have a seasonal rank up, reasons to level them up, perks and benefits and rewards to level them up. You, you would pursue the loot through them in the strike playlist. I've been saying that for literally three years. They don't, they don't need to try very hard to kill the Crucible. They're doing a good job right now. Ooh, 285. Ah, oh, Wheezy. That's got to be the lowest it's been in ages. That's the Crucible. 285,000? I don't think I've seen it dip below mid-300s ever since I've ever tracked the numbers with Charlemagne over the years. Oh, it was a blue rifle initially. The stranger's rifle was blue. Didn't she, like, give it to you, and then after you beat the campaign, she turned it into a legendary? I think that's how that worked. 285,000. That is a freaking gut punch. Yikes. It's still a crap ton of people. I mean, it is, Fen. It is. But... You... That's rough, man. That's rough. Yeah, I don't even know, dude. Stasis, I guess. Freeze. Yes, freeze me more without counters, please. (laughs) 
JSTOCK, but PvP saves this game. <laughs> I wanted to say, though, that being a little feisty isn't always that bad. People love listening to uh, Mark Madden because of it. Uh, but yeah, it's enjoyable listening to you debate. Well, thank you, Hitman. Creature keeps telling me that Bungie should remove static weapons altogether and just have energy weapons. Yeah, no. Oh, kinetic, you mean? I think you meant to put kinetic. It's not a crap ton. It's pretty much half the average number. That's a pretty big exodus. I'm with Wheezy. I'm with Wheezy. It's it's, 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 it's concerning. It is. It's concerning. And it's almost all attributed to stasis. The PvE numbers are roughly where you always expect them to be. Every time we're right at the end of a season, the PvE numbers dip to right about where they are right now. PvP, that that it, 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 that's low. It's it's down there. TK Lotus, could you give some insight on loot philosophy in regards in regards to Destiny 2? This is the only RPG I've ever played that rewards players hard work with materials and puts the majority of the good loot in stale kiosks and cash shops. Oh man, you're great. This is great. This is like a softball on a t-ball stand that I can just crack out of the just out of the stadium. Like, yes, fundamentally, the loot philosophy in Destiny has gone into, I believe, a terrible, terrible direction. Logistically speaking, okay? No, no, not logistically. Philosophically speaking, they have given us great agency, control, and intentionality. So philosophically speaking, yes, those are all things we've asked for, and they have granted that wish. The logistical way in which they delivered that wish is terrible. It is truly terrible, and you summarize it beautifully here. We, they reward our hard work with materials and the majority of the good loot is in a stale kiosk or a cash shop. Just, mwah, that's a chef kiss summary of what's going on right now. I have a planned talk called Umbral Ingrams are boring, right? <gasps> yeah, boring. Like, they're boring. Th- this idea of we're going to give you lots of control, it's like this is what we did in destiny two year one destiny two year one we would go play a bunch and come back to the tower and cash in tokens for rewards you've just given us more intentionality it's not any different the the, the ball is barely moved on the field do you not remember d2 year one grind 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 tokens come to the tower tokens 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 reward 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 now we go play 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 umbral 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 go to the tower reward 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 they're just giving you more control over what spits out it's the same thing can definitely hear the 9-9 coming out of you sometimes yeah 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 just a little bit Kings govern with a $5 tip uh, through Super Chat. I also feel, I also think that they should deal with the extreme exotic bloat. There's tons of underwhelming and unused as well as the ones that don't feel like exotics. Yeah, we said yesterday, you know what would be cool? You know how necrotic grass, uh, necrotic grips pairs with thorn? What if they just suddenly started pairing off exotics that were really underutilized? Hey guys, we did an update and this exotic uh, gauntlet, um, these three exotic gauntlets, um, when paired with these three different weapons all uh, have created a cool synergy you know make graviton lance suddenly worth using the weird thing with necrotic grips is, is like it only benefits uh it only it only benefits the uh the warlocks you know <laughs> 
Galrog says, oh crap, it is. Whoa, that actually just made me sad about Umbrals. I hate to be the one to red pill you about Umbrals, but Umbral Ingrams are just year one tokens in disguise. That's all they are. They've just tricked you into thinking that it's not. Because a shiny little Ingram drops on the ground. You pick it up, and you don't do anything with it. It's a currency that goes into a menu, and when you cash that currency in, you get a reward. It is a glorified token. That is all it is. And I hate them. <laughs> I'm a madman. I've, ru- I've ruined umbrals for you. Now Eugene's going to chime in and say, it's not the primary grind, so it's not that big of a deal. I- Shut up, Eugene, and let me have my moment. Brainy with a $5 tip through Super Chat. Do you think Vogue will come back with a nine, with all nine of its armor variations or anything new? They probably are going to save the ornamentation Age of Triumph stuff for later. They're probably going to try and save it for later. But uh, it'll probably just be the first, the, the, the initial vanilla looking armor, I would think. I would think. It's also different because it's not pure RNG and you can focus them. Like I said, the only difference is they give you more intentionality over how the currency is spent. It's still a currency that you spend in the tower. Wait, that sounds like gotcha? You convinced me to like umbrals? <laughs> Shut up! You could say that about all engrams except for blues. I The difference between the engrams you take to Rahul is it's just pulling out a completely random item, Right? You're not going to a vendor and saying, I want to get something from this smaller pool of things, like you did with the Vanguard, right? You knew these tokens are pulling from his armor set and his weapons. Umbral Ingrams are just, this thing allows me to pick from this small pool, and I get to dictate what the odds are. You know, may the odds be ever in your favor. I want these two things to potentially drop. Now, I know somebody shot this down a couple weeks or a week ago, and they were like, the way the Ingram system works, they couldn't do this, Lono. But I still fully believe if you reverse-engineered Umbral Ingrams, they'd be perfect. Take your currency that you've earned, you go to the Umbral Ingram, the the, the recaster, and you focus a boon, and you say, I would like that auto rifle or that pulse rifle to drop, because that's how it works, right? You go and you say, give me that. You really want the auto rifle, but there's a chance the auto rifle or the pulse rifle drops. Instead of going and cashing in your ingram there, you would buy a boon. While that boon is active, anytime an umbral ingram drops on the ground, you pick it up, and it's one of those items. So out in the wild, the reward dropping on the ground is exciting. It's not a glorified currency you see the umbral and you're excited it does something to your brain like when you see the a prime ingram kind of does that because it's twinkling but an exotic really does it it's twinkling it's it's an exotic and you can check the roll right there same thing with the umbral you see it it's glowing it's cool it's smoky you pick it up <gasps> yes i got the auto rifle let me check the roll Instead of, I got six umbrals to cash, I'll be right back. Cling, 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 cling. Uh, I got four. Uh, two are what I want, two are not. Bad roll, bad roll, delete, 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 delete. Pure transaction of a currency in the tower, which is a mechanical way to get loot, and it's boring. It's boring. Also, the noise the exotic engrams makes is awesome. That's like in Diablo, right? Where something cool drops on the ground and it goes bing! and there's a light coming off of it. The loot philosophy in Destiny 2 
is it's it's devolved into a pure mechanism as opposed to a pursuit of loot drops it's a mechanism that you're interacting with they're breaking the fourth wall it's a slot machine we've always known that rng games like destiny are essentially slot machines that we keep pulling the lever on but they're removing the fog of immersion and they're like do you get it look it even looks like a slot machine like it's standing and it kind of like comes up to you and there's a screen on it it, it kind of looks like a like a, a really cool technofied slot machine it's like they're removing the immersion it's like listen i know i'm basically playing a slot the slot machine simulator as angry joe called it when he reviewed his when his d1 review took off but don't show it to me don't literally show me the slot machine <laughs> Nova Hands, do you think the current weapon slotting system is hamstringing Bungie from being able to bring back small arms and specialists? <gasps> yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it. I maybe, but they also could have done something else, right? Good convo. Talk soon. All right, radical. They they could very very easily just say, well, this week it's sidearms and shotguns, and the next week it's auto rifles and fusion rifles. So. Witch Doctor gets really, really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts out kind of slow with that dart. That's really rough if you're doing like a seasonal character and you make him brand new. That dart's a little rough, but once he gets his spiders, he's fine. <laughs> the corpse bursting with the with the necro is broken, by the way. <laughs> what the frick is that? <laughs> How is that even a thing? Um, anyway, yeah, early game necro is so busted. Like, you do, if you're playing with a partner, they can't even get any kills. <laughs> Everything's blowing up. Um, it's fun, but it's busted. Um, which is a which is a motto Destiny needs to, to take on. It's fun, but it's busted. Like you know, just, just let's just have a little fun. You know, take some risks. So yeah, Nova. But I also think to answer your question, I also think they could go beyond specialist uh, and small arms. I do. I think they could go beyond it. I think they could go beyond it and say, look, we're we're gonna do different weapons each week, so you try different builds. You know. There's a bone spear build this season. Absolute nuts with bad gear. I'm pushing. Ooh, nice. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, then I found the perfect weapon for you. Brought to you by RF Armageddon. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Poor unicorn. Um, why can't weapons drop as weapons? Does it always have to be engrams? Well, you have to understand something. There, there is something about something pretty and twinkly dropping on the ground. There, there is. There's something fun about that. It, I don't know. It just looks cool. It's like, oh, I gotta go pick that up. Instead of, that's a gun, isn't it? What is that? <laughs> the guns in Destiny would look so bad on the ground, too. They're all drab and, like, brown and red and dark blues and greens. It looks so drab on the ground. You're like, is that a gun over there? What is that? And you're like, oh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it would so blend in you wouldn't even be able to see them now if you do it like Borderlands and they come flipping out and there's light coming off of them I mean maybe I don't know I kind of like the engrams I, 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 that's that's the nostalgia there right they're pretty and we've that's just home seeing an engram on the ground is that's destiny seeing a bunch of engrams in the, in the mouth of a cave when I come back from AFKing and I tied a rubber band around my controller so he could run against a rock I mean that, that's a special moment <laughs> that's a special moment being able to run through a pile of engrams 
that other people earn for me. But you get what I'm saying. Like, there is, there's something about that. There's something about seeing a, a pretty engram on the ground and wondering what's inside the prize, you know? Um, so, all right, here's what we're going to do. That's the last question. If you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere because we do have something fun planned uh, and you can help me with it. Uh, if you do t- if you do part ways with me right now, a lot of people do. They end up parting ways when Q&A is over. We only need 50 more likes for 900. Smash the like button on your way out. Also, make sure and hit subscribe, uh, the button, and then the bell button. Every morning we're doing those polls and you want to get here early for a chance for me to read your feedback on the stream because we end up with hundreds of responses to the poll and I can't read them all. So you want that bell button to remind you when I'm going live. All right. As always, if you're listening to the Elsewhere, elsewhere you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.